Welcome, welcome back everybody. This is Rachel Prince, Rentalpreneur and Airbnb, or B&B Realtor here on the B&B Entrepreneur Podcast, coming to you from a nice summer day. We've had summer for what, one day now after the solstice and uh, we are moving quite steadily along into the summer and we are back on the podcast with a really interesting episode. I'm very excited to bring Fair Shake, which is a company that is kind of like a consumer rights service, if you will, and they're trying to sort of level the playing field between everyday people, and in this case, Airbnb hosts, and big companies. Because big companies, as they say, don't always play fair, and I think we can see that now more than ever, uh, just because of the kind of the state of, 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 this, of affairs of what's going on in the world today. And so when people out there, consumers, think that companies might be taking advantage of them as a customer or perhaps um, there's some sort of injustice, that this company, Fairshake, can step in uh, and provide some class action or uh, independent legal services. So I'm really excited today to bring you Max from Fairshake, who is kind of going to give the uh, perspective of what hosts are doing with this class action suit, or I don't even know if that's what exactly it's called. You'll have to correct me, Max, on that, but uh, he's going to go into that and what Fairshake does in general. So welcome, Max. Thanks, Rachel. Um, good talking to you. Yeah, glad to have you on here. And so, yeah, why don't you just give us a little bit of your background, and I think you're on the California coast, and what's going on out there, and you know, a little bit about your background and Fairshake's background. Yeah, um, sure. So, yeah, as you know, we are, Fairshake is a Silicon Valley-based company, or actually, um, we're based in Oakland, California, so try to say that we get the, the benefits of being both inside and outside Silicon Valley, but um, we are a company, you know, as you said, you put it really well, you put it the way we tend to put it, which is we try to level the playing field, and we try to basically make um, the sorts of contracts that people have with big companies work for individuals and not just for the companies. Um, and the the way that we're able to do that, so our CEO, um, who's a guy named Teal Lido, um, and is the the initial like the original founder of the company, uh, he's a former corporate attorney. So he worked in this in a big you know white sh white shoe New York big law firm. Um, and then moved out here, did some work in legal tech, and realized basically, actually through a, his own personal experience of having, you know, like a nightmare flight scenario, which took him to two countries in South America he hadn't been planning to go to, that, um, you know, it's really disempowering to feel like, hey, this big company screwed me over, and there's not much I can do about it, and they're going to give me whatever they think is fair and make me sign away my, my rights to... Um, you know, to, to do any better. Um, and what he found at the time and what, you know, kind of the, basically the source of our business is that it's really empowering to instead say, no, I understand my rights under these contracts and actually I'm going to hold out for what you really owe me. And so that's, that's where Fairshake comes from originally. Um, I'm actually, so I'm not an attorney, uh, and that's a necessary disclaimer here. I'm not an attorney. Uh, I'm not going to give anyone any legal advice. Um, and actually, Fairshake, um, as we talk more about it, typically we are not pro 
in most cases not providing legal advice, um, we're facilitating a legal process. Um, and so that's, that's something that, that we can talk about a little bit more. But I actually, um, I'm more of a numbers guy. I've worked at a, a few different Silicon Valley startups. Um, and I got pulled into Fairshake slightly later as a co-founder. But what I'm, um, you know, I basically am in charge of trying to make sure as many people know and learn about us as possible. Uh, and this, this Airbnb stuff, um, obviously incredible unfortunate the number of people who feel like they were mistreated by the, the company um, but it is in some ways the type of situation that our, our service was just made for and so it's um, great to be able to tell people more about how they can potentially take action on this. And this is a great point because I didn't really fully integrate here with this particular episode and we're here with Max Kornblythe from uh, fair shake and what we're talking about is how the uh, COVID situation and all and I'm sure Max is going to get into this a little bit more detail but but essentially I just want to introduce the concept of um, of why fair shake got involved with the Airbnb host to begin with and that was because a lot of hosts out there felt like uh, you know that all of the um, the refund policy and the extenuating circumstances and the circumstances for, by which Airbnb canceled a bunch of reservations or at least allowed full refunds and the Airbnb host to receive nothing whereas the or m most of nothing whereas the, the guest was given kind of the benefit of the doubt here and refunded everything under the circumstances uh, you know, a lot of hosts felt left high and dry. They have mortgages to pay, things like that. So, Max, explain to us a little bit more about like who the host is that's coming to you with this these concerns, and like w you know, what's their angle, and what is the um, and what are the requirements in order to move forward yeah. with this case? Yeah. Um, for sure, and that's that's great um, framing. And I'm gonna zoom out a little bit more before we even start talking sure. about um, Airbnb hosts. And this is kind of the, the legal nitty gritty that, um, you know, actually, I would say may not interest some people. Um, but actually, I think that there's, there's something interesting going on here and a larger trend that this ties into. Um, so actually, you know, you talk about class actions. And I think a lot of people talk about class actions because it's a concept that everyone understands. You know, a bunch yeah. of people have been wronged in the same way go to court together and basically fight the case, um, you know, in a, in a form that's been aggregated together. Right. So an interesting thing, and I think um, I like pointing to a piece by, by Slate Magazine online on this just because it's a good um, source for this particular thing. But they, one of the things that they talk about as one of the trends of the past decade, so the, like a legal trend of the 2010s, um, they call it the decade class actions were gutted. And so basically the reason for that is there's been a string of, um, of legal cases that basically say, well, actually, when you sign a contract with these big companies, in that you can sign, you know, you can, and they will make you, sign away your right to bring a class, to join a class action lawsuit or to bring a class action lawsuit. Right. Um, and what they'll say instead, yeah, and so what they'll say instead the thing that they put in there that, that is your option is to take it um, through private arbitration. Mm. And what, um, what's interesting about this is, you know, so this is true of 
your host contract with Airbnb, and it would be true of your contract as a guest with Airbnb, and it'll be true of your contract with your cell phone provider, your internet service provider, um, a lot of your banks, a lot of, you know, if you have a car loan, um, all of these increasingly based, you know, are contracts that say, actually, no more class actions, and there's like an arcane Supreme Court precedent around why this started happening the past 10 years. Um, but, you know, basically the, the end result there is there's actually like hundreds of millions of concepts or of contracts that include this concept of private arbitration, and very few people know about it and very few people use it. So there's only, you know, we, we put out some data on this, and there's only a few thousand um, uses of arbitration under, under consumer contracts every year. And so when we get back to why does fair shake exist and what do we do specifically to level the playing field, it's about giving people access to that process that all these contracts say is how you're supposed to get a fair result, um, but is just a little bit too um, arcane and complex for most people to, to get around to using. Um, and so, you know, to, to take it back to the, the Airbnb issue, basically through a combination, you know, we back in back in March, as um, you know, everything was changing, and you know, not just in the vacation rental industry, but in you know, a lot of industries that we work with are undergoing rapid shifts. So whether it's um, like gyms and fitness or event ticketing, and everyone was trying to figure out, okay, how do we handle COVID? Like, what you know, as as corporations, how do we handle COVID? Like, what are we obligated to do? What are we not obligated to do? Right. And we started seeing a lot of news coverage around um, the vacation rental space and Airbnb in particular, where they're, you know, initially some of it is, oh, well, they're saying they're doing all these consumer-friendly things for their guests. And then you see guests saying, oh, well, you know, I didn't get a refund. They say they're refunding everybody. Like, what does that mean for me? Um, and ironically, actually, our CEO was one of those people who, as a guest, um, you know, ostensibly was promised a full refund and then realized that, well, you can either take it in credit, which means Airbnb keeps the cash until you, you know, maybe use that credit, or you can actually get a half refund in cash. Um, and actually that's, you know, between that and the news coverage, that's when we started digging in a little further um, and started talking to, to folks in the space. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people who I've personally talked to in the vacation rental space for good reasons, like don't want to be named, don't want to be quoted, because I know everybody has a complex relationship with what they are happy or not happy to say yeah. on the record about the company, right? Like you've, you've probably experienced that. Yeah, um, yeah it's a bittersweet, you know, it, it, it's like, okay, I'm curious about what other people are doing with this particular um, arbitration mediation suit, but like I don't know if I would jump in. I mean, I had so many, we lost so much money too, but I just, I, I don't know. My, yeah, I feel, yeah. so I'm, I'm, that's why I think this will be great for people to, to make their, help make them make a decision. Yeah, and a lot of what we heard, you know, in terms of when this was coming together is like, yes, like this is a huge active issue, and actually there's, you know, there's this community of hosts out there who have a history of organizing, like, a, you know, a lot of it being um, around local, you know, local policy and state policy issues, but it's, you know, it's not like it's this group of diffuse individuals, actually, like hosts, 
um, you know, vacation rental owners like know how to put together a, a joint action, but you know, the only the people the people who we saw early on were people trying to you know crowdfund a class action lawsuit, for instance, which you know I think host smartly picked up on. If you have to crowdfund it, you know maybe that means that you're not so sure of its success. Um, yeah. And you know for reasons that I described, like our take and I, you know my understanding is it's really pretty established law. It's not up for question. Is that like a, a class action isn't isn't the approach here because the the contract won't let you. Um, but we started, you know, we we dug in and basically took a look at these contracts um, that that you have a ho as a host will have with Airbnb, and basically we realized, you know, actually the forum where this stuff is going to get decided if you if you push it all the way um, is the American Arbitration Association, which is you know this impartial uh, venue. It's kind of like a pri it's basically like a private court, and we've handled thousands of claims that um, that get raised to the American Arbitration Association. Um, I think we filed, you know, we we processed, we've helped file more consumer claims with them than anybody else. And we realized that this was an opportunity for us to to step up and, you know, help a lot of hosts. And, you know, it felt it sounded like there was a real need. And obviously we have a, a profit motive here as well. And we can talk about that in a bit. But we're set up here and in all our cases, to only succeed if if you succeed, if you recover money, um, and so it was a combination of you know hearing what was out there, doing research in the space, and then you know figuring out that this that the the contract that that Airbnb binds hosts to actually works with this process that we've been um, iterating on and and refining for a couple years now. Right. So. Tell us a little bit about what, you know, let's say I have, I come to you as a host and I'm, I mean, I think some of this is on your website, which I think is yeah. fairshake, fairshake.com, but can you tell us like what are the requirements or what are you looking for for a host to be eligible to participate in this, uh, what do we call it again? Um, so it's, arbitration? <laughs> it's, it's, it's an arbitration. Um, you know, it's it's actually technically it's a set of individual arbitration proceedings, which is a, a mouthful. But um, wow. you know, I'd call it like a, a you know a batch arbitration is what we oh, sometimes called it. So, um, so so when you have so yeah, yeah so, I want you to get into like yeah. the hosts, but like do do are all these hosts going into one arbitration together, or is it they're going to have to do separate arbitrations? Yeah. So so let's. Let's talk about yeah, that. Break and so, it down. Like, back, yeah, so backing out to the first step, so um, our website is fairshake.com, and then actually, in particular, um, if you're an Airbnb host, we have fairshakeforhosts.com. Um, you can do that with no spaces, or actually, you can do it with with hyphens before for and hosts, and either of those will direct you to us. Um, and we actually do have. Um, we have some specifics in this situation that we we actually are able to offer more support to Airbnb hosts because of the nature where everybody's got the same sort of claim. What would make it like a batch arbitration? Um, and I'll, I'll, I can get to that. But basically, we'll actually ask you a very simple set of questions um, to start processing your claims. And those questions are basically going to be, how much did you miss out on in um, in fees 
or in can you know in cancellation that you would have otherwise been entitled to that you didn't get paid. So it'd be whatever you would have been owed under your initial policies um, under the time period they were impacted minus you know the 25% they say or whatever you actually did get paid. Um, we're going to ask you to certify that you are U.S. based. Um, so it actually is okay whether you're an individual or whether you're renting through a business. Um, but our our read of the the contract, we really only you know Airbnb is going to have different host contracts depending on the country in which you have have contracted with them. Um, and so for our purposes. We're doing this um, with the assumption that everyone is, is uh, U.S.-based, and so we need you to certify that. Um, and that the, basically, in this case, that the claim you're filing that these fees were, were missed out on due to the COVID policies. Um, and one question we get is, oh, hey, I have this other issue with Airbnb that's, that's totally not related to, to COVID, but they've just been you know, um, skimping on fees they owed me or you know revenue they owed me in XYZ different way and we can actually um, process those sorts of claims as well for those you should start at fairshake.com um, for these claims in particular start at fairshakeforhosts.com uh, and so that's it actually you know it's we always um, we always say, and it's it's true. You can you can start this claim in under 10 minutes. Like we want people to treat it seriously. You know, where you you have to affix a signature to it. You have to certify that it's true. Um, but basically, you can go through this claim process very simply. And what that triggers, what we do next is we turn that into an official. Um, it's called a notice of demand, uh, or a notice of dispute. Sorry, a notice of dispute, um, and that goes off snail mail to Airbnb, and again, this is to make sure we're following every stage of the, the contract. Um, and basically what that does is it sets in place this 30-day timer. Um, and at, by the end of that 30 days, basically Airbnb, either they've resolved your dispute, meaning like you've accepted something from them that, that you, uh, you know, in your opinion, is a successful resolution, or you have the right to escalate it to the arbitration process. Um, and so what we've seen, what we tend to see in our you know, more standard day-to-day -day practice where we're dealing with people who have been you know, like, um, cheated out of a new phone or something like that is a lot of, you know, a lot of companies when they have their, their stuff together, they'll get that sorted out within that 30-day you know, period or for some companies it's a little different. Um, but if they don't, you know, and if basically if they don't um, resolve things to your satisfaction, then you have the choice as an individual whether you want to take that to arbitration or not. Um, and what's unique about, you know, the, the situation here where we have this batch of claims coming in from, you know, hundreds of hosts around the country, um, we're actually, for that arbitration process, we've hired, um, we've hired, outside legal support to put together what we think is a really strong legal brief in support of your claim to cancellation fees as long as it falls within certain bounds along the lines of, of what I described. And so when it gets escalated to arbitration, you're going to have some um, responsibilities on you individually, 
but you're also going to be supported by this um, by this brief, and you know a lot, a decent amount depends on how Airbnb wants to play it. But they they might or might not try to start kind of offering things universally to everyone involved. That would be their um, their decision on whether or not to do that. Um, right. But there's very little required of you for that whole period of you know from filing to escalating to arbitration, like. Airbnb might reach out to you and you might have to accept or reject their offer because you're ultimately uh, going to be the one in control of like, does it satisfy you? So does, I'm looking here on some of the initial questions. I started taking the little quiz and it says yeah. about how much are you owed in withheld cancellation fees. Is that something whereby I need to know that exact amount or as a host or could I have an idea about that or because you know let's just say for example yeah. I had 30 properties I don't really know what I was owed but I did take you know maybe a hundred dollars and I had what thirty thousand yeah. dollars worth of cancellation so it's kind of like yeah that's a super you know, good question yeah um, and actually I was talking with somebody last week who was telling me um, I guess you know for property managers who went through API tools with Airbnb like they got they got cancellation payments that had no indication of what reservations or anything they corresponded to and yeah, so yeah for yeah. some people that's going to be really confusing um, so in order to get started and send this um, this demand notice uh, what we what we say is is typically a you know your best estimate is is going to be fine there um, you know it's not you're not going to be held to is that exactly right what you're doing is like kicking off this process Right. If you are escalating to arbitration, um, one, you'll get some guidance on a little bit better what we think, according to our brief, what, what sorts of damages our brief supports in a way that you could calculate them for yourself. Right. Um, beyond that, in terms of, you know, you'll actually get support from an individual fair shake resolution specialist. So that's a person you'll be able throughout this process to go to with questions about like, hey, where is this process at or can you help me with this or that? Um, I think, you know, ultimately, if it, if it ends up in arbitration, you can also demand documents from Airbnb and they, oh. you know, if the arbitrator um, agrees, they could be compelled to provide documents around your account. Uh, so basically, I don't want to say that you'd never be required to do that calculation yourself, but it's definitely not required to get started. And the next question I had was for, it says, have you accepted an offer for part, partial cancellation fees? And I know it says uh, that involved agreeing to additional terms and conditions. And I think maybe there, you know, in all the fine print, I was like, yes, didn't, did I? Because I accepted it in my bank account, therefore I'm holding it. So in some regards, I, I did accept that. But I, I don't know that that is a bad thing according to, you know, all of the, ways that you guys are approaching it and from the angle yeah. that you're approaching it, right? Because it's like, they may say, well, you accepted it. And I was like, well, yeah, you put it in my account and have a choice. <laughs> right, yeah, and I mean, and I think that's, so, you know, and again, with the caveat that I can't give legal advice, but what, what, right. what we had in mind for that question is like, anyone who has like, individually, you know, like, oh, reached oh, oh. some separate agreement with the company. So, you know, if what happened to you is what you described and what seems to have happened to most people, which is like, yeah, they just said, here's what you're getting, and they put it in my account, um, uh -huh. you know, that's not, real, that's not the type of 
situation we have in mind there. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing you'll also see is like even answering yes to that actually is not, we're not saying that that's disqualifying necessarily, but it's important, it's important information to have. Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted to know, especially when we first started soliciting this, these claims, like how many people that would be true for, how many people would say that they accepted something separate, and it's been a, it's been a pretty low, um, you know, it's only really been um, in the single, single digits percent for us. Oh, so gotcha. Mm -hmm. I think that um, in general what we're finding is like, you know, people haven't been cutting these sorts of side deals or something. Right, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I mean, this is just so fascinating. I think this will, and are you looking for, is any amount, uh, you know, uh, too much or too little, you know, for example, if it's $100, like is it worth ha having you join the, them join the process? Is there, a, is there a number that makes it more worthwhile yeah. for the host? Um, yeah, so it's a good question. Um, so one thing to call out as, as uh, regarding the dollar amount, because you'll see this if you click through, um, for the first 100 um, hundred people go, going to arbitration here, what we have done is for them we, uh, and the, mostly these are people who are in the system but they haven't necessarily all escalated, so, um, but I can't guarantee that anyone who, who listens to this and signs up will get this. We've fronted this thing, it's a filing fee of $200 that the Arbitration Association charges and a lot of times that is refundable um, but I'm not actually sure in the case of Airbnb. So you have to be aware if you're coming into this slightly later that to take your case to arbitration, um, you know, at the end of that 30 days, if you're escalating and if you're going to do it, you know, before waiting on the results we see from some of these other claims, that you might be on the hook to pay $200 to escalate it, which may or may not be refundable. Right. Um, However, you know, that's not to say it doesn't stop you from going into the process to begin with. And, like, if Airbnb starts taking these claims seriously, which one way or another there's good reason to think that they will, um, it's likely that they would want to, you know, resolve the smallest claims um, even. Right. And then on the other end, there's really no cap on the, the larger end as well. So, you know, we were... Surprises may be the wrong word, but like having mostly dealt with consumer claims like I talked about, we went into this um, this uh, particular um, project thinking, oh, you know, there's probably a bunch of, those, of hosts out there who have lost a few thousand dollars. Um, and we've been surprised the, the number and the scope of people who are like well above that. Um, right, who have right. been signing up for this process. So we've seen a lot of larger, um, larger manager, management companies actually come through. Um, and, you know, we'd both encourage those people to, you know, we'd encourage people smallest to largest to sign yeah. up. And then, you know, if you're a, a property manager on the larger side and have questions about, um, you know, what might or might not work for you and how to figure it out, um, you know, reach out, max at fairshake.com. Um, any, happy to field questions from anybody at that, at that address, max at fairshake.com. Um, but I think that, you know, in terms of what questions you might have and of whether, does this apply to your 
business, your venture, especially at the larger end, um, those people might have more questions. Now, I know you squirm around this question, but I just love to ask it about, you know, I want to get into this concept. Of, you know, I think the, the Constitution, the amendment have been really tested now more than ever during this whole COVID thing and our rights as citizens. Are you guys seeing any um, of these uh, batch arbitrations come forward for um, citizens' rights or breaches in the amendments or censorship. I mean, if we look yeah. at if we look at social media, I think you had mentioned this a little bit earlier. But we look at how the the private sector has so many immunities now. Twitter, um, you know, Facebook. They have some of some of these immunities because of 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 ordinances or legislation that's been put into place to protect them initially until they became so big that then, as uh, General as uh, Bill Barr had said, a bait and switch. And so now these or these private sector firms or social media companies are so big and they have so much of a, a potential to influence that and and when they do step over the line, they, they have been able to have immunity. And I feel like, you know, that is something that a lot of people have been very disgruntled with. I know I personally feel like it, it shouldn't really be their place to do that. Like why do why do they care unless they're politically or or there there's some other agenda there, right? Because if it's if it truly is a a, a democracy or whatever word you want to use in place of that, um, if it is in order to create freedom, then like who cares? Why censor? There's nothing to hide, right? So if there's an agenda, there's something to hide. Yeah. And so has any have you guys what's what's your experience with that type of movement right now? Sure. Okay, so to to field the other question, so first I'm gonna talk some about um, our relation with what we've been seeing during the, the COVID crisis going back a couple months now. Uh, across the industries we work with. Um, and then I'm going to lightly parry your other question. <laughs> but um, <laughs> on COVID, you know, I think there's the type of stuff that's in, you know, that's in Fairshake's wheelhouse. Uh, it is these situations where you have this established contract with a company. They have committed to provide you something and you have suffered a financial harm out of them not not following through on what they said. And so gotcha. you know, that example I gave before where it's like, you know, and we see this happen, some of the, you know, we see it happen again and again in, in telco companies where it's, oh, they tell people that they have this deal and they'll buy out your contract on your old phone plan when you sign up for this new one. Um, and then, it, you know, it turns out even though they promised it, you never quite qualify and by the time they, you know, you really find that out, the cancellation window is closed and you're just out that, um, you know, out that buyout yourself. Um, you know, another one being like door-to-door -door sales reps who are, you know, selling you a new cable plan and it always ends up costing more than what they promised gotcha. and they're maybe targeting older people door-to-door. -door. Um, and so, you know, yeah. what we find in those types of situations and like one of the learning experiences for me, and this goes back to that feeling of powerlessness, is we all, you know, everybody's been conditioned that in that case, like, the thing to do is, you know, you call customer service, which I think, in my opinion, you should. You try to make your case. 
which um, I think to a certain extent you should. And then if you can't convince anyone, you're just kind of out of luck because that's really, a, you know, that's the best you can do, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, it's, and, you know, and if they say, oh, they got you on a technicality, like, that's all you can do, too. Um, so actually, like, knowing about this arbitration process and knowing that um, in those sorts of situations, actually, most states have pretty consumer-friendly laws that, like, people, consumers just don't really know about or know how to make use of. Mm -hmm. um, that's where we come in and we think that, you know, people should feel more empowered when you're fi financially wronged by a company, that this is how you take action on it. Um, now, the, uh, the flip side of that with, um, oh yeah, and so in COVID actually, some of the things we've seen that pretty clearly fall into that bucket are um, gyms and fitness companies that were continuing to charge subscription fees oh, in yeah. like, you know, possibly outside of their, their original terms and potentially were shutting down their phone line so that you couldn't actually call in and cancel. Oh. Um, another one is like ticket providers. So, um, you know, like Airbnb potentially, you know, if you... Uh, and you'll see on our, our site the one that we can take claims against is StubHub. But, you know, if you have a certain um, policy, you know, as StubHub in your original ticket contracts, you're still bound to honor that. Um, and if you as a consumer think that they're not doing that, there's an arbitration clause in there, and that's the place to get it, um, to get it officially settled if, you, if you're not satisfied. Um, you know, I think... Another one we've seen, but I, you know, I don't know if it's as much of like a consistent thing as more of like a set of different data points from different places. But you know, financial companies have made a lot, whether they're you know banks, whether they're loan companies, um, they've made a lot of promises with regard to what they're doing for people during during COVID in terms of suspending payments, suspending you know possibly suspending like credit reporting and that sort of thing. Um, you know. Maybe not maliciously, but it sounds like people find uh, are finding that like some of those promises don't get kept, and mm -hmm. that's the type of situation where like if you can't get that fixed individually with the company, like this is your recourse. Like um, taking them to arbitration is a recourse for you. Yeah, uh, it yeah. sounds like so it sounds like a sounds like a mortgage company or two might might have some problems <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and so like, you know, and I can tell you the, you know, the, some of the banks that we accept claims against, but it's like, hey, if you have, you know, if Wells Fargo is doing that to you, if KeyBank is doing that to you, um, you know, and we, we recently actually added payday lenders, um, a couple of them. So like, if you're having experience with Advance America is one of them is a big payday lender, like, that's the type of thing actually that like, this is your official legal resource, um, Citibank. J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, so right. you know it, it really is applicable. U.S. Bank, um, they're probably they may be big in in India in India in Indiana yeah. um, <laughs> and India probably. Uh, uh, the uh, yeah, and so you know, and that's where we we're focused on this leveling the playing field between um, individuals and your rights with a company under that company's contract. Um, typically governed by a combination of state and federal law, um, but to my knowledge, nothing in terms of constitutional law, so we don't really practice, gotcha. to my knowledge. Well, 
we don't practice law in most cases where you know but we also don't um, we don't we don't practice law in all cases um, <laughs> but we also don't do much at all that would relate to constitutional law now I, I think that um, people should be responsible and follow all public health guidelines um, you know I I also think that um, I can use the the not I'm not a lawyer on on the rest of the question there, um, you know from originally he's, I think you were asking talking, about masks and then you're talking about, about social media masks. as well. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna be like he's talking about face masks, guys, because we did have I did ask him about that. I was like, can I make <laughs> you wear a face mask? Um, yeah. So actually, so okay, so the the face mask thing, and then yeah, the the Twitter and social media thing. Yeah, um, I don't really your have avenue. that much. It's not really my my avenue. Um, yeah. you know, an interesting thing actually. Uh, so, I am a Facebook customer, but I'm a Facebook customer because I buy ads on Facebook. If I just go in, you know, if I log into my personal Facebook, actually, that just makes me a Facebook user. I'm not necessarily a Facebook customer, um, and that would actually, my understanding is, change. You know you certainly have a different contract with the company and that might impact your um, you know in terms of what are what are your rights right. under that contract uh, you know I think this I think the question you know if being being out here in Silicon Valley like I get the sense that it's very tough for these companies to draw particular lines in particular places I do think that the SBA loans, now that is something, um, and that was certainly through my, my, my bank, KeyBank, but the guidelines on that, I didn't even know what I was signing up for, for the PPP loans. They were so vague, and I asked lawyers, I asked accountants, I asked SBA people, and it was yeah. like, oh, well, they just keep it vague so that, you know, because they don't even know. And, and I was like, if anything, I feel like I might be coming back to you to talk about SBA <laughs> loans because it's like, how can they create something and then go back later and fill in the blanks on right. on the contract? That sounds a little bit sketchy to me. Well, I think an interesting thing about lawyers and accountants in general is that they, um, you know, aren't set up necessarily to deal with uncertainty. Uh, and this is actually something just in general, like in kind of the, the legal tech space more broadly comes up. Um, so when you have this like new program where there's no precedent on how anything's been interpreted, they're going to be much more comfortable not giving an opinion at all. Um, I think that, uh, you know, one possible, you know, one, one kind of piece of advice I've gotten there is like, okay, well, like, you know, assure them that you're the one making the final decision and that you just want to know what they actually think. Um, so, but yeah, I mean the the SBA the SBA stuff is like um, it's a good example of something that left a lot of people confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It'll be interesting to see where that goes and uh, if if we have any sort of recompense there um, once once they start to ask for their money back. <laughs> anyway, um, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I've, it's been really great to get your guys' side of. Um, of the of the program that you're offering to hosts and know that there's some recompense out there. I think sometimes just making a statement in general 
to a, a large corporation to show that they do have a voice is sometimes more powerful than the money actually itself. So, um, you know, I appreciate everything you guys are doing in order to um, to back the host, uh, whether or not it will, uh, you know, be fruitful for everybody on that end, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, thanks for thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I would I would repeat fair shake for hosts. Com. Um, no, no punctuation. Uh, you know, again, it's it's very straightforward to get started. We will support you through the the process. Um, we'll do all the logistics. We'll do the legal research for you. We'll give you a kind of a concierge person to follow up with. Um, shoot questions to me, Max at Fairshake.com. Um, you know, I don't want to. I'm hesitant to, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm not overselling anything um, because no, every, no. every case is different, so I can't yeah. tell you exactly, you know, what to expect out of this one, but we do think it's a, it's a strong case. Yeah, um, and, and the name, I just love the Fair Shake, Get Your Fair Shake. It just, it's just such a great, great name you guys have, and I, I, um, I hope people are um, able to research it a little yeah. bit more and see if it's for them. So. Yeah, the coup, the coup was getting the domain name too, fairshake.com. Oh um, yeah, that's yeah. actually un, hey. unusual to find something like that on. Well, leave it to what Harvard grads. You guys are a, <laughs> a team of of amazing Harvard grads, and I mean, just your if you look. Um, don't at, don't hold it against us. I know, but like you guys have a pretty pretty nice alma mater there. Like all of you guys come from a, a you know have have taken your time with the education process to really become experts in something and it just so happens to be this now and I, yeah it's pretty impressive when you when you look into that it's on the website if you guys want to check it out so um, cool. thanks thanks Max appreciate your time with us and uh, yeah you take care y'all be safe out there and um, stay healthy uh, this is again the BNB entrepreneur podcast we thank you so much for joining and tuning in please like subscribe share that hit the, the the share button and the like button that is how the algorithm shares it to all the people out there who need this information we so appreciate you and if you want to still join the short-term rental revolution or check out my buybnb.net or buy bnb online course for buying property or bnb property then you can go to rentalpreneur.com and uh, yeah that's all for today thanks guys we'll see you on the flip side